Praise the Lord. Good morning, Summit Church. Thank you, Lord. We've got a few people in the house. And um, welcome everybody watching on YouTube, Facebook. Welcome, Summit Nation. Yes. I love, 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 love my Summit family. Didn't realize how much I miss y'all. I mean, I love y'all, and uh, but gee whiz, this is, uh, man, I just like, I just miss my, my peoples. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And, uh, you know, in the midst of all this turmoil and a lot of racial tension in our nation, um, I just want to give a shout out to, to our Summit family. We're not perfect. Okay. However, uh, we constantly get comments from people that come in and, and share with us that come here for the first time that uh, how well they're greeted and treated no matter uh, what the color of their skin are. I get these comments from so many people. And I just want to say um, thank you to my, my Summit family that exemplify the, the spirit of Jesus. And I realize we all have our days, and sometimes we're not operating 100% <laughs> in, in, a, in the love of God, but, uh, but we lean on Jesus. We rely on Jesus, and, and I, I just want to commend my Summit family for, for how well that you, um, just out of your heart, nothing like manufactured because you really can't manufacture or legislate love and um, Jesus said in these last days we, we were going to have nations rise against nation and the word nation is ethnos in the Greek which is where we get our English word ethnos uh, ethnic excuse me and uh so you're going to have racism to the end of time um, because Jesus said that would happen. But yet, in the church, should be no racism. And uh, the Bible tells us in Romans 13, 8, owe no one anything except to love him. That's the only, man, if ev what if everybody in the church could apply that? <laughs> Owe no one anything but to love them. Amen. Just to love people. And we love because he first loved us. See, it's not about our love for God, even though obviously we should love God. But we love God because he first loved us as we receive the love that the Father has for us, that love that nothing will separate us from, thank you, Lord, that amazing, incredible, unconditional love that never changes. His love is holding on, and it won't let go. Man, that song, song got me so fired up. I, I, I almost sweated, but what I did, I, I don't... I, 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 I tell you, I tell you, I'm cool. I don't, I don't sweat, but I, I, Don, you almost got me. But, but what I did, though, I, I, what, what happens, if you see a little water on me, if you look carefully, it's, it's condensation. <laughs> what, what, that, what that means is, in spiritual terms, it's, it's actually the anointing that converts into uh, water. <laughs> it's that anointing that just, just flows out. Okay. But back to the regularly scheduled program, the, the love that we receive from the Father, then we begin to love him back and love others. We love him vertically. We love others horizontal, horizontally as a reflex reaction. So, it's, it's nothing legislated or forced. And I want to encourage you, Summit, uh, again, uh, this is what I see with us. As people come in and the people that you don't know, and we're able to greet them because it's the love of Jesus. 
We don't have to write it down. Okay, love people when they come in, no matter what color they are. <laughs> okay. And I have never, I've had um, my, some of my white uh, pastor friends over the years ask me, what, what do you do to get, how, how do you get black people to come to your church? Um, and I really don't know how to answer that because I've never tried to get black people or white people to come. I just followed the call of God on my life. And if you love people and you preach the word, I believe all people will come and feel welcome because it's the word that does that. It's Jesus that brings people together. That's not my message, but I'm just warming up. But uh, I want to welcome everybody. Com please comment in the comment section. I love what Carla shared. Let's stay focused on the word of God. Uh, be sober, be vigilant. Let me read that in 1 Peter. And while I'm turning over there, um, let me give a shout out to folks that comment. I love, love, love people that comment. The people I see that's watching. Norma, okay, she's a, what Facebook calls a top fan. A top fan is somebody that comes on often. So, so you should compete and friendly competition with, with Norma to, to, to get, get that badge on, on you. Praise the Lord. Okay, Dawn is with us online and physically. Okay, Jerry and praise God. Sh uh, shout out sister-in-law Jackie. Um, shout out to Mike. I don't know if Mike is watching. Mike gets up this early. My, my brother-in-law, um, he came over to the house yesterday to help us with some uh, yard work. Shout out to him. And, he told me he was tuned in on Wednesday to our Wednesday night Bible study. I want to invite everybody to check us out online. We're on Wednesday night. We also have Wednesday prayer on Facebook and YouTube, Wednesday night Bible study. Mike said he was on. He said, brother-in-law, you're long-winded. And uh, I said, that's just the way it is on Wednesday night. I teach for an hour. Okay, Pastor Gary, what's up? Ray Turner, what's up, my man? Okay, it's, it's uh, Peggy, Peggy Weaver, Eddie, all right. Peggy, did I say Peggy Weaver? I meant to say Peggy Williams. Addie Weaver, I was looking at Addie, I think, while I was calling that out. Uh, what's up, Addie? Okay. All right. Tell Tracy to give me a call. All right. Uh, Michael Coyle, all right. I said, Pastor, when are you going to preach? When I feel like it. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hey, it, okay, it's, uh, Nakea Thompson is watching, all right. Uh, I saw Naylan share this, so I believe Naylan is watching. Okay, Michelle Stroud. Okay, Leonard Derrick. Man, we've got a good crowd here today. Sharon Shaw, all right. Um, did I miss everybody? Go on and comment now so I can give you a shout out. Jimmy King and, and, and Rhonda Cole, they're both top fans man y'all better y'all better get with it and mom ethel okay thank you jesus all right Let's see nita regich okay who else is out there y'all see somebody else out there there's Allie. all right what's up Allie cat in the house mark roseman's up you better watch out Mark's up. Linda, Gip Linda Gibson got a top fan badge. Uh, okay. Raquel, all right. I didn't know you were on the Geek Squad. They told me you were on the Geek Squad. Best Buy. All right. I may need to call over there in Anderson. And can you can you send, a, send, send Raquel to Fort Wayne? I need some geek stuff. I need geeks. Any geeks want to help me out? I've got I can't wait to share with you a project I'm working on. Ooh. It's tough for me to hold stuff in. Y'all know that, but I, I am, I'm going to hold this one close to the vest. But I do need, need some help. I'm looking for a special person. Uh, all y'all special. You know that. And, uh, oh, that's right. We're going to remind me we need to do our confessions. I don't want to miss that out miss out on that today, but any, any, anybody who, who likes to geek out, I need uh, not much experience necessary. I just need a, a geek to help me with a geek project, okay, so I can focus on the teaching part, and with some assistance, I can get this done a little bit faster. 
Okay, here's the network I'm supposed to connect with and um, move closer and try again. And y'all, I'm not even fooling with you today because I'm not moving no closer because I got to preach. Try to, your phone ever try to boss you around? Romans 1, let's jump into it. We're going to read the Bible today. We're going to read a lot, uh, a lot of scripture. L- let me just preface it by saying this. Do you realize that, 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 the, that the church, how should I say this? The church engaged, I mean, people who the Spirit of God lived in, people that the Spirit of God was moving through, was operating in racism for the first 10 years of the church. I'm just going to let that hang, and I'm going to explain a, a little bit. Okay, Be- but before, before that, let's, uh, let's say what the Word says, or confess based on the Word, rather. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. Oh, man, wow. Whoa, 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 stop, just stop, man. I can preach on this. I feel like I'm preaching on anything today. But his love is holding on. You, you get that? His love is holding on, and it won't let go. If you ever have small children and you're holding them, I use this illustration a lot, and you're, and you're holding them very, very, very tight, and then you, you ever... Experience them grabbing on to you. Is it holding on, grabbing your shirt or your blouse? But you know what? It's it's not about them holding on to you. It's about you holding on to them. Because there's no way that you are going to drop that child. There is no way. That child can let go, and you ain't going nowhere. Right? It's not about the child holding on to you. It's about you holding that child, and you won't let go. And we're not a better father than God is. There is no way that he will ever let go of you. So when you say these words, I mean, mean it. I mean, we are are deeply loved by the Father. And that love does something. It's not just the word. It does something. It holds on. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I'm greatly blessed. Let's say it together. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, Determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. And ain't nothing the devil can do about it. Heavenly Father, God, Father, I pray that my speech, my teaching, my preaching this morning will not be with enticing words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit of God and of power, that people's faith would not rest or stand in the wisdom of man, but in the miraculous power of God. I thank you, Father, that I'm anointed. I pray that utterance 
would be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, that I may proclaim it fearlessly as I should in Jesus' name. Romans 1.16, I encourage you to follow along in your app. This, ver this verse is not in, in, the, in the app. But you can go to the Summit Church Indiana um, or search for Summit Church Indiana in the App Store, um, Android or iOS, and you can uh, grab our app and in the app, just click Sunday morning and inside of that, you've got some notes. Uh, we've got a lot of scripture today and um, it should be on the screen for you. And um, you can also, with the app, you can take your own notes and send the notes to you. It's really cool. So um, Romans 1 and verse 16, which is not in your notes, but Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it, in what? In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. In the gospel, See, the gospel is the power of God to salvation. Salvation is an all-inclusive word. It means deliverance, preservation, healing, safety, soundness, and prosperity. And in the gospel, righteousness is revealed. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And that means that you are accepted, that you are not guilty means you are approved and well-pleasing to God. How do we know this? How is this revealed? Through the gospel, which is the good news. What kind of good news? The gospel is the gospel of Christ, a.k.a. the gospel of grace. What is that? It is the good news of God's grace, which is his unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. How powerful is the gospel? It's the only thing that will transform a life. It's the only thing that will turn a hater into a lover. See, you can't legislate love. The church loves supernaturally, should love supernaturally, because we have the love of the Father as a fruit of our spirit. You don't force out fruit. You don't see an apple tree trying to force fruit out of the branches. Mm. No, the fruit just comes naturally because of the life in the vine. Thank you, Lord. We're abiding in the vine, and that's Jesus. And love should come out just naturally. Think about, I want you to consider how powerful the gospel is. Do you know that the Jews were oppressed by the, um, by the Romans? This is the environment that Jesus came in, into when he came to the earth. I want you all to think about this. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm learn y'all something today. Excuse me, uh, educators, Peggy. So um, I know you can't learn anybody something. And, uh, but I still think I'm going to learn you something today. <laughs> I want you to just think. It's okay to think in church. And uh, this is going to help you if you're willing to receive it. Thank you, Lord. I feel my Cheerios today. I'm anointed. The Jews were looking for a revolution when the Messiah came because the Romans had their, their boot on the neck of the Jews. And, and 
think about this. And this became really crystal clear to me. I never really even saw it, really, until I've been to Bible school and everything, until I saw The Chosen. And I encourage you to get that. It's a free app, and you can watch those movies. And um, I, I think it's an excellent depiction of, of the life of Jesus. It shows Jesus having fun. Okay? But it also made very clear that the Romans were, were really, really oppressing. They had strong, they, they, they were oppressing the, the Jews. The Jews were mistreated. They, they, it was, this was a racial thing, okay? And Jesus, think about it. He came from heaven. God manifested in the flesh. And the Jews was like, okay, he, he, he fixing to jack, this, jack these folks up, and he's getting ready to do his thing, and he's going to free us from these oppressors. And actually, he came to free them from the real oppressor which is the enemy. Be sober, y'all. Be vigilant, because your adversary, who is not flesh and blood, we wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, this world, spiritual wickedness, in heavenly places. Your adversary, the devil, roams around. He's not locked up in some cage somewhere. He's on the earth. If you could get a glimpse into the spirit world, It'd change your life. But the only way you're going to get insight into what's happening in the spirit realm is if you get into the word of God. And so we've got an enemy out there. There's, there's just two, two realms. There's light and darkness. And the believer is called light. We are the light of the world. We should, the church, there should be no racism in the church. The church should demonstrate to the world true love and make people want to come in it's like how do y'all act this way there's a different spirit about you and we can point people to jesus i want y'all to consider something i'm going to take my time today i want you to consider that jesus had all that power so much power that when he went to the cross um, and Peter pulled that sword out and, and, and cut off that servant of the high priest, uh, Malchus, or that soldier, and, uh, and, and Jesus ended up putting his ear back on him and healing him. He's like, dude, Peter, now it's not. <laughs> I'm thinking about, about a tombstone quote, one of my uh, Western movies I like. Now's not the time. Okay, but um, no, P uh, Jesus told Peter, put your sword back up. He said, don't you know that I can call right now for uh, 12 legions of angels? He had the ability to do that. You know, 12 legions, there's 6,000 in a legion. That's 72,000 angels he could have called on. You know, he could have jacked them Romans up. But instead, this is what I want you to think about. How powerful is the gospel when he didn't go that route? He gave people the path to true freedom. He came to preach the gospel. He said, when he announced himself, I, I, I love this. This is one of the movies that I want to pull up in heaven. When, when Jesus came in and uh, he, he, he walked in the beginning of his ministry, and you can see this in Luke chapter 4, when he walked in the synagogue, and he stood up to read, and he opened up Isaiah, and he said, the Spirit of he was reading from Isaiah 61, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those, uh, that are, uh, those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Handed the book back to the attendant and sat down and crossed his legs and in charge. <laughs> no, he said, but it basically, that's, that, that's my paraphrase, but he sat down and he said, this day the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What he's saying is, 
I'm the one. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. But he, what did he do? He went about. Now, they thought that he came to start a revolution in the natural. But he came to start a revolution in the spirit. So my question to you is, think about how powerful must the gospel be? Jesus came and his message was the gospel, the good news. He didn't give, come to give the law. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He came to reveal God's undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. He didn't come into the world to condemn the Romans. Or anybody else. Because the Romans are in the world, right? They were the oppressors. But he came to bring deliverance to all men. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For God so loved the world. Okay? And he constantly just poured into the disciples for three and a half years before he went to the cross. And by the way, <laughs> right before he went to the cross, this is a history lesson today. I'm, I'm leading up to something. So after he rose from the dead, you can see this in Acts chapter 1, and right before he went to be seated at the right hand of the Father, he said, uh, and he told them, to wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. In other words, because he, he had told them that I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm going to bring you another helper. One just like me. Another helper. Referring to the Holy Spirit. And that word another in John 14, 16, it means one just like me. One who will do in my absence what I would do if I were personally present with you. Okay? In other words, the Holy Spirit's going to act just like Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And see, Jesus didn't do anything on his own. He said, it's the Father in me that does the works. If Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. He said in another place, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Don't go to sleep on me now. This is not time to go get that coffee. Y'all need to sit down and you miss something. So if you want to know what the Father is like, look at Jesus. And do you think the Holy Spirit is going to act any different than Jesus and the Father? Because they all work in sync, in harmony. Okay, so Jesus said, I'm going to send you another helper. It's one just like me. He told him that. After he rose from the dead, he's about to go to heaven. Told him to wait, go in the upper room. And if you fast forward to Acts 2, you find out that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues. Actually, he said... Don't go out and do ministry until you get this power. I want the church today to realize what you've got. We're packing some power, y'all. And watch this. Watch this. In his great commission, this is right before he went to heaven, he said, go, into, go to the Jews to preach the gospel. mm, -mm. He said, go into all the world. Now hold that in your mind. So right before he goes to heaven, they're still tripping about the kingdom being restored to Israel. They said, I got a question. Before you go, hey, how about just doing what he said? You go to that room. Go to the room. 
And I want to encourage y'all, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, do it. It's important to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I got a question, Lord. Will you, at this time, restore the kingdom to Israel? He's like, man, I spent three and a half years here. I'm not saying he's thinking that, but I just let my mind wander a little bit. What was he thinking? Like, I'm leaving this whole thing in charge of these cats. These cats are still tripping about something in the natural. <laughs> he, you know what he told him? He answered him. He said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has put under his power. But you, like focus on what, focus on what I'm telling you. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, and he went. And they got stuck in Jerusalem. The first 10 years of the church, they only preached the gospel to their own people. Quiet, Miss Presbyterian Church, this morning. But I will continue. So that's a backdrop here. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 10. Now, we're going to, now I'm getting ready to preach. Ooh, glory to God. Some good tea today. Shout out to my men. Thank you, Lord. My men, my, 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 uh, my ushers, man, my people that came to assist me and praise God, they, they come and they're faithful during this whole pandemic and, and they learn to make tea. <laughs> they're getting almost as good as me. Amen. We don't need them ladies no more. Are y'all ladies in the, on the reception team and the cafe that y'all been sitting there in your pajamas and your house shoes and, and uh, everybody's busy. No, I love y'all. Y'all, uh, they're going to they gonna welcome. Pastor, shut up. It's like, <laughs> Marsha's like, Pastor, be quiet. I don't think we do this every week. Okay, so. How many of y'all tracking with me so, uh, so far? Okay, so and we're going to go to Acts chapter 10. Now, just think about this. They own, the Jews, they only preached to their own people. And yet God still moved. And people were getting saved. I mean, on the day of Pentecost, when wouldn't preach, 3,000 people got saved. And it took a revelation from God. I mean, the, the Gentiles, basically, the Gentiles were anybody who was of another race. And the Jews didn't go outside their race. That's racism in the church. A non-Jew, Gentile, which is anybody of another race, was called unclean. They wouldn't eat. <laughs> they had Jews-only restaurants. No, not, no, I'm not, I'm, I made that up. But I just want you, I want you to see that they didn't associate with anybody outside of their race. And this, I ain't talking about the world, I'm talking about the church. This is the church. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. I mean, this, this is somebody who's seeking, who's reaching out to God. Now, he's a Gentile. He's not a Jew. But he saw a vision. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God 
come into him saying, Cornelius? And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Verse 8. Now, who appeared to, y'all listening? Who, who appeared to Cornelius? All right, y'all listening. An angel. Hey, y'all at home, when I ask a question, you can put it in the chat room. This is like Don Roseman calls up. This is a participatory message. <laughs> the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. Peter's going to be a focus of this, this message today. Um, and he, be, he became hungry and wanted something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. So he had, this is called like an open vision. And he saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air, and there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. This is a, this is a vision from God. And this voice came to him in this vision, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't. <laughs> it's like, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean, according to Jewish law, okay? But God in this vision is not talking about no food. He's using these animals to illustrate people. And the voice came to him a second time. The voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed <laughs> as to what the vision he that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house. Okay, remember? Simon uh, or, or, or Cornelius had sent his servants, you know, according to what the angel told him, to uh, go and send, send your people, send your men to Joppa, and inquire uh, or, or um, go get Peter. And, and he told him where he was staying. Okay? So, amen. This is a word, this is a word, a spiritual gift of a word of knowledge. All right? Now, back to uh, verse 17, verse 8, verse 17. Yeah. Behold the men, okay, while he was looking... Uh, uh, being, was perplexed as to what the vision he had seen might mean. Behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit told him, Behold, three men are looking for you. This is, again, a word of knowledge. He knew, the, he knew these guys from Cornelius were there because the Spirit told him they were there. 
He said, rise, go down, and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. Now, these are people of another race. He still don't know what the vision means. And Peter went down to the men and said, I'm the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? I mean, he got right to it. <laughs> he was like, how y'all doing? One cup of coffee. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm the one you're looking for. Why are you here? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. And you know what Peter does? He, he, see, he's a gospel preacher. Now, I want you to think about this, and I want you to, I want to pause and, and, and say, um, make a side point. This is the importance, Summit family, that we, that we have to get the gospel out. Because we are the only ones as people, as men and women of God, we are the only ones commissioned to preach the gospel. The angels can't preach it. Don't you think the angel that was sent to Cornelius' house knew the gospel message? But angels can't preach the gospel. Or why would the angel go through, why would God go through all that trouble to get an angel to tell Cornelius to send folks to Peter's house, to get Peter to preach the gospel. Don't the angels know the gospel? It's not the angel's assignment. We got to go. If we don't tell the gospel message, nobody uh, will, will tell it. And we got we to get this word out. As strange as this may sound, there are so many people even right here in our city, quiet as it's kept, have not heard the true gospel. And I'm just going to leave that there. There are good churches in our city. Okay, and we're not the only good church in the city, by no means. I'm telling you, there are still a lot of places you can go and not hear the gospel. And that's a whole nother message. But I, I just wanted to point that out. It's, it's men and women who have been given assignment to preach the gospel. So, Peter invited them in to be his guests. The next day, he rose and went away with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now, Peter is going by the word of God that told him, go with them without hesitation. So he's obeying the Lord. The next day, he went away with them, and some of the brothers Okay, Verse 24. And on the following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together. Cornelius was serious, man. He read it. He had called together his relatives and close friends. And when Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet and worshiped him. Peter's like, get up, man. Get up. I'm, uh, you know, I too am a man. Peter actually helped him up, lifted him up, helped him. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a man. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, man, that's, that's what, man, he had got this visitation of the angel. He's anticipating. This guy's hungry for the gospel. Man, I feel like a, Jeff, I feel like an evangelist today. Man, there was people hungry for the word. People are hungry for the word of God. Cornelius was so hungry, he got his relatives together. He got his friends together. I want to announce to you as we look at verse 28, on the 28th of June, 
we coming back publicly. <laughs> I meant to say this earlier, but while we're on the verse 28, June 28th, we're opening up to the public. Praise God. And so I, I want y'all to treat this like a church plant. I don't know who's going to show up. Invite your close friends and relatives. Do like Cornelius. And we're going to sit at the feet of Jesus. I ain't Jesus, but, but Jesus is up in here. Thank you, Lord. Where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. Okay, so you pick the guy up, and he, he's, uh, when he fell on his feet, started worshiping with Peter, Peter picked him up, talked with him, found all these people. He said to them, you, you, now, now here's, how he, here's how he begins his message. Now, in the context, we're not going to read this far, but he's going to end up preaching to them and telling them how God anointed, he's preaching them the gospel. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. See, how powerful is the gospel? That's what God anointed Jesus not to jack the Romans up, but he anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That was a, 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 a summary of Jesus' message, which is the same as our message. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You can combine those two. That's what Jesus was all about. So how powerful must the gospel be? How dangerous must it be to the devil? Yeah, he wants us to focus on outward things and, and, and things that are happening in the world and, and get our focus off the gospel. And we need to stay on point. Thank you, Jesus. Because there's, if you understand, because some, some people don't understand how powerful the gospel is. I can't unsee what I see. I know I've seen the power of God open a blind eye right here in this church. I've seen the power. Only the power of God can do that. I, I've seen the love of God transform hearts. Thank you, Jesus. So, back to the story. Here's how he starts the message. You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate. No, I ain't supposed to be here talking to y'all. <laughs> <It's like laughs> He's still tripping a little bit to me. You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So this tells me at this point, he, he gets it now. He understands what that vision is. He knew that that was about people, that I shouldn't call people unclean. It took that. It occurred to me last night. It took that. It took a vision from God for him to get out of his racist attitude. It, it, it took a vision from God. He got this bar. So this tells me if he wouldn't have had this vision, it ain't no way he's going to be talking to people outside the Jews who he's called unclean. We don't mess with them. <laughs> we don't fool with them. So, he said, God showed me. Man, when God shows you something, nobody can take it from you. I'm not even going to get into God showed me something in a dream. That basically the, 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 
and, and, and God gave me a, a really like a mandate or a, I, don't, I don't know what you want to call it, but I was just as crystal clear as I could be that the Lord wants me to stay on message and preach this gospel and do what I called you to do. Amen. And he gave me a very vivid, vivid dream. Thank you, Lord. We're going to see people come in to this ministry that are hungry and thirsty for the gospel of Jesus Christ, people that are tired of feeling condemned and tired of, of feeling like that they don't measure up to God's standard and that, that they're not good enough and that, that, that they've sinned too much and, and God is not happy with them and, 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 and they're going to come and they're, they're going to be hungry for the good news and, and people are going to be totally transformed. They're going to understand that God is not mad at them. He's madly in love with them and that, that he really loves them unconditionally and it, that, that God has never given up on them. Even though they may have given up on God. And sometimes they've given up on God because of what religion has told them. But we're going to give them the good news. Thank you, Jesus. So God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. He, they, he obeyed God. But he still don't, he's like, so why are you sin for me? <laughs> and Cornelia said, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and, and said, Cornelius, your prayers, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you've been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the, in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Ah, soul. He said, like, truly I understand that God no, shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And he preached to them, and the Spirit of God fell on all those that, that heard the word of God. Praise God. If you go on reading, we're not going to read the rest of this. But, um, <laughs> and as a matter of fact, they didn't think that anybody could have the Holy Spirit other than the Jews. My assignment to you is to continue reading the rest of this. And, and, the, and the Bible tells us the, Peter, the, 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 the people that came, those Jewish believers, from among the circumcised. Circumcised in the Bible means Jew. Uncircumcised is non-Jew or Gentile. <clears throat> and so it, it, it says that the believers among the circumcised that came with Peter said they were astonished. Because they saw the Holy Spirit, they said, it fell on them as on us at the beginning. I don't think that terminology is here, but in the 11th chapter it is. Because they had to go and explain themselves when they went back home. And, you know, what shut them up was that, hey, God is in this. You can't deny it because the Holy Spirit fell on them as on us at the beginning. How did they know that the Holy Spirit fell on them? Because you can't, you can't see the Holy Spirit. They heard them speaking in tongues. You can't speak in tongues unless you have the Holy Spirit. Unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit unless you're born again. 
So by spiritual deductive reasoning, they concluded that they got to be saved. And, and so they, they said, we, you know, we can't deny God. Thank you, Lord. In, in fact, in Acts chapter 11, verse 17, he said, if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us. He said, the Holy Spirit fell on them as on us at the beginning. What beginning? I encourage you to get my book about speaking with tongues. But th that was when the Holy Spirit, remember, when they were up in that upper room, that was when the Holy Spirit was first poured out and they were in that room. They told him, hey, Holy Spirit fell on them just like he did us. So what you going to say? Case is closed, man. That's a mic drop moment. And he said, if God gave them the same gift as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? And have patience with people because sometimes you can fall back into some bad habits. And I want to close with this. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to close, Brother Mike. <laughs> he told me, uh, you said you was going to close on Wednesday, and you kept going. <laughs> okay, that's just what I do. Okay. Here is, uh, look, look at uh, Peter. Okay, this same Peter. Um, now, Peter is also referred to as Cephas. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. You getting something out of this today? Listen to the Holy Spirit as I'm teaching. And let the Holy Spirit teach you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I try to be so plain that nobody has to say, well, Pastor Al, what you trying to say? <laughs> Sometimes folks don't... I don't, uh, a lot of times people don't agree with me, but I very seldom um, are accused of not understanding what I'm trying to say. I mean, I, I, I say what I want to say. So, um, and I ask the Holy Spirit for help. I'm just not out, out here. I'm not a loose cannon. I want to be, I'm very serious about what I do, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to be a blessing to you and minister life. Okay, so Peter is the one that gets this revelation. I mean, he had a, a revelation from God that he shouldn't call anybody unclean. And that opened, then the church began to open up. And they, they started doing what Jesus told them to do in the beginning. Remember? You shall receive power. See, the power of the Holy Spirit is not just about this evangelism coming on me again. The power of God is not just to get you a new job or, or to give you increase or to give you favor or to get you healed. It'll do all of that. The anointing will do all that. The, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will do all those things, okay? But the Holy Spirit also wants you to be a witness. It didn't, the scripture didn't say you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit come upon you and you shall do witnessing. It said you will be a witness. Starting in Jerusalem, Samaria, and so forth. And so they were supposed to preach it in the uttermost parts of the world. So Paul gets converted and gets saved. And so Paul's calling, he had an assignment to minister to the Gentiles. That was his assignment. His assignment was not to preach to the Jews. And I'm sure he preached to them, but his, his assignment was to preach to the Gentiles. Peter's assignment was to preach to the Jews. But the, but the church had, had opened up to everybody, though. These, these were their assignments. Peter, listen, walked with Jesus. And he still 
And Jesus told them who to preach to, that the church, to preach to the whole world, he walked with Jesus. He was in his inner circle. It still didn't get it until he got a revelation through a vision. And after he got the revelation, Paul still had to rebuke him because he fell into some bad habits. He's sitting there having ribs with these Gentiles. And this is Paul's writing. He said, when Cephas, this is Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. He called him out publicly because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, that's the, the, uh, James was probably the pastor of the Jewish church in, in Jerusalem. And before they came, before these Jews came, what was he doing? Eating with who? People of another race. But when they came, who? James Nim. Not, not James, well, people from James came. What did, he, what did he do? Huh? Let me see y'all in the text. What did he do? Sit here and drink some tea before say some, somebody says something. What did he do? Anybody? Tell me when somebody texts it. What did he do? I'm going to see if y'all listen. I know y'all. Put the, put the bacon down and, and write something in the text. I'm talking about Summit family now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> okay, I can't wait on y'all. Okay, so tell me, what did, what did he do again? What, what, what did he do? Same dude, same dude that, same dude that had the vision. He separated himself because he's scared. Fearing the circumcision party. Okay, that's these Jews, right? And the rest, y'all in the chat, what, what are these people in the chat doing? They sleep? Oh, they sleep? Huh? Jerry and they sleep in the chat? Okay, okay. All right, y'all wake up and y'all shut me down. So the rest of the Jews, listen, acted hypocritically along with them. So that even Barnabas, I mean, these are preachers of the gospel. What you got in the pulpit, you're going to have in the church. You got an, if you got a racist in the pulpit, you're going to have a racist in the church. Because if you see how people are acting, and if people are acting unkind or, or whatever that, you just look to the pastor. All right, I'm meddling now. Because by and large, people are going to be a, reflect, a reflection of their pastor. And I... I've never really had to talk about, and I'm not bragging on myself, what time is it? Oh, we're cool. So, I never really had to focus on, I mean, I just ask people to greet people. We have a reception team, and, and it's not just our reception team. It's just if, if you go to our cafe or if you go on, I, 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 yeah, I'm bragging on my church. But it's, it's just because we, we just have that atmosphere. I'm a welcoming person. So naturally, I'll just reflect that. I, I don't see anybody saying amen, but it's still true anyways. <laughs> because see, that's on God's heart, and it's on my heart, and it's on y'all heart. Because together, we want people being welcomed. Why? Because that for, it's the love of God that we're reflecting. And we want people to, to, to be loved and feel accepted as we are from God. Thank you, Lord. We want their lives to change. We know when they hear the word of God, 
about God's unconditional love and grace that their, that their lives will be transformed. But see, these are, these are preachers, right? Um, Peter and then Barnabas also got caught up. It said even Barnabas was led, led astray by their hypocrisy. But, but Paul, who didn't walk with Jesus, okay? And Jesus appeared to him. All right, taught him the gospel, but he wasn't the one, one, one of the uh, ones that, that walked with Jesus, but yet he's rebuking the one that walked and talked with Jesus for three and a half years. And he said, when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like the Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too are found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. So Peter actually fell into sin. Because he went and was being a hypocrite. And Paul called him out for it. So even when you're saved, you can fall back into old habits of racism. And that's what, exactly what he did. And Paul, and, and, and Paul called him out for it. I hope y'all got something out of this message today. I am done. Let's just give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word.